0: a series called Be the Church, we've been in it quite a while, if you're getting tired of this series, hang in there, I've got two more weeks after this and I'll wrap it up and uh, I could go on, but it's Advent season, so we'll change subjects for a little while but my hope is what you come away with from this series is the idea that, that we are the church, that church isn't something that we do church is who we are, and we, we take that in and it changes the way that we walk through this life and so we've been talking about that, the, the church, right now we're the church gathered corporately, when you leave the facility, you're still the church, you're just the church on mission, and, and it's, it's about people, because it's about people, it's about our relationships, it's about our relationship with God, we talked about that, our relationship with one another, the people of God, we've talked about that, now we're talking about our relationship with the future people of God, we call that mission. And uh, as we launched into this, we, we talked about, you know, loving our neighbor as ourselves. I mean, the whole rest of it was love God all in heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. And we've been looking at what that looks like in the context of mission. And so I've, uh, over the last two weeks and this week... Um, what I've been talking about is encouraging you to um, seek uh, the Lord in help in being able to have more of a kingdom perspective, more of a Jesus perspective, um, seeing and thinking like He did. And, and so I've been uh, sort of asking you to really talk think about the things I've talked about and challenge yourself because I, we get stuck in these things. And so the, the first week of these little, little three week part, um, I talked about agape love. And I said how important it was for us as people of mission to understand agape love, this love that's other-centered. And it's the kind of love that God has for us. It's an amazing, amazing love. And it's different from what we normally experience. And then last week I talked about the reality that we're all involved in a cosmic battle. And that Jesus viewed things that way. And remember there was two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the, the kingdom of the evil one. And they're in conflict. There's a struggle going on and even though Jesus has absolutely won the victory at the cross and what took place there um, the enemy has yet to surrender, he's defeated but not departed and so this battle continues and and um, the way that we fight this battle now is that we are we are rescuing from the kingdom of darkness uh, people and bringing them into the kingdom of light, we, that's how we take the enemy's territory is we go in and we preach the good news and we offer people a way into the kingdom of God and as they're brought out of that it's a victory for the kingdom and this continues until Jesus comes back when he will ultimately set everything right but this is a significant battle and we need to be aware of it otherwise we we start looking at things in, a, in too much of a natural way and we don't realize that all of the mess that's going on in the world around us and all of these things that we're seeing that are so horrific, uh, it's all a part of this cosmic battle and there's you know dark forces out there at work that we need to be aware of cause it impacts us in how we do things, and this week uh, I, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit, I, I love to talk about the Holy Spirit, about how He helps us and how He empowers us for mission and that Jesus has given us mission but He hasn't left us alone and and we have the Holy Spirit, and and sometimes we're not really sure who the Holy Spirit is and what that looks like, so we're going to spend some time to talk about that today so that's the intro transition, always a bad joke or two or a silly thought Uh, my wife uh, said the other day in kind of a loud irritated voice, hey, you haven't listened to one word I've said have you And, and I thought, what a strange way to start a conversation with me now I can say that because my wife's not sitting over here today, you might have noticed and uh, she wanted me to tell you hi, uh, she's actually with uh, Angie and they're in Dallas, uh, at, at, at one of Angie's daughters, Mallory's actually um, baby shower, there you go, I got it out, and so um, she'll be back tomorrow, but but uh, anyway, that's where she is and that's very cool, oh did you hear the news, some of you are going to like this FedEx and UPS are merging and they're going to call it from now on fed up <laughs> fed up, I also heard another merger, this is fascinating youtube, twitter and facebook are all merging and they're going to call it you face <laughs> I know apologies to the visitors fortunately the scripture reading is right here, Acts chapter 1 verses 1 through 8 in my former book, Theophilus, so just let me set this up as we read it, so this is Luke Um, Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he also wrote the book of Acts, and he's writing this to Theophilus, who was a very real person, but his name also means lover of God, and so it's just good, it's written to all lovers of God, which would be us, and and Luke, in in the Gospel of Luke, he really sort of records Jesus' ministry, and now he's going to take on the ministry of the early church, and the Holy Spirit's involvement in that. I wrote, he says, about all that Jesus began to do and to teach, until the day he was taken up to heaven, AFTER GIVING INSTRUCTIONS THROUGH THE HOLY SPIRIT TO THE APOSTLES HE HAD CHOSEN AFTER HIS SUFFERING HE PRESENTED HIMSELF TO THEM and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive and he appeared to them over a period of forty days and spoke about the kingdom of God on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about for John baptized with water but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and then they gathered around him and asked him "Lord." are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? and he said to them it's not for you to know the times or dates, the father is set by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth I want you to see there that that the Holy Spirit comes in power to uh, so that, that the disciples, the apostles could be witnesses for the kingdom of God. That's what we need to take out of that. That's, I said we were not alone in this. The Holy Spirit comes to help us with that in the process. So uh, there's some things I want you to think about as we take that in. First, point number one Jesus and his followers receive power from the Holy Spirit. Jesus and his followers receive power from the Holy Spirit. Now why I need you to consider this is that I think a lot of times when people are reading about the things that Jesus did, they kind of write it off as a fact, well of course He did those things, He was Jesus. And, and so, yeah, He's you know fully God, Son of God, Jesus is able to do those things. But apparently Jesus did those things, all those supernatural acts He did um, after God poured out on Him the Holy Spirit and power and so Peter tells us that, and the apostle Peter would know, actually Luke records it for us, but this is Peter speaking in Acts 10:38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went then around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him, so, SO SOMETHING HAPPENED THERE when, WHEN THE HOLY SPIRIT CAME ON JESUS. ARI TORI, WHO'S a, a WELL-KNOWN THEOLOGIAN, HE SAID THIS, HE SAID, JESUS CHRIST, I THINK I PUT IT IN YOUR NOTES, OBTAINED POWER FOR HIS DIVINE WORKS, NOT BY HIS INHERENT DIVINITY, BUT BY HIS ANOINTING THROUGH THE HOLY SPIRIT, AND HE WAS SUBJECT TO THE SAME CONDITIONS OF POWER AS OTHER MEN so that's uh, an important thing for you to consider that this is a process Jesus came fully God, fully man, we, we know that to be true but, but in, Paul says in Philippians that he emptied himself when he came into that process and, and so there was a thing that happened to him when the Holy Spirit comes on him and that's in uh, Luke three twenty one through 23, Luke says when all the people were being baptized Jesus was baptized too and he was praying, as he was praying heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you're my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. Luke's tying in what took place there, the baptism, the Holy Spirit coming on him with the beginning of Jesus' ministry when he began to do all those things that we read about him Doing and actually if you continue on in Luke 4 it says you know Jesus goes out um, full of the Holy Spirit and, and the temptations happen and then he comes back in the power of the Holy Spirit and his ministry takes off from there so that's how Jesus is, is operating in the world around us and, and so yeah a couple of weeks ago we looked at a verse in john fourteen twelve and it says that that we 'll even do greater things than those things that Jesus did i don 't know if you ever stop and consider I think about those things when I read them I go well that 's pretty cool but but how? because you know we 're not jesus but but like jesus we 're empowered by the Holy Spirit to go and do those things, and we need to be aware of that in luke twenty four forty nine he says i 'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. So Jesus is telling his the disciples, the apostles, look, you've got to wait for this power I'm sending you, just like he's sending us. But there's power that goes with that in order for you to em- and be able to embrace this mission that you've been called to. So let's talk about the power part of this and uh, talk about the Holy Spirit. That's point number two. Let me get another sip of water. I didn't turn my mic off. I'm sorry if you heard me swallow it's too late now the Holy Spirit um, I don't know that the Holy Spirit gets talked about enough and we should, we talk, we talk a lot about Father, we talk a lot about Jesus the Son but uh, sometimes the Holy Spirit just kind of gets thrown in, But but you need to know who the Holy Spirit is and um, the relationship that you have with Him, and how important that is in the relationship it has with you, and so let me, let's sort of see how this all takes place, so um, in the first three chapters of Genesis I don't, I don't have them all in your notes, but, but we've talked about them a lot and so you can roll with me with this, and, and most of you know how the, the Bible begins in Genesis 1:1. in the beginning it says God created the heavens and the earth, and so there's, there's Father God, and he, he creates heaven and earth but verse 2 we find out that the earth was formless and empty it says so created but formless and empty, it's not in order yet and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering on the waters, there's the Holy Spirit, and so Father has created, Holy Spirit is now hovering on the waters, He's He's power and then in the next verse, verse 3 it says, and God said God said, first thing He says is, let there be light. But there's something going on there. See, when God speaks into that, the Word something happens, now if we can jump into John 1, it's also not in your notes, but you'll know it in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, He was with God in the beginning, talking about Jesus, the Word, so here comes the Son into this picture of creation, you've got Father who's created, Holy Spirit, power hovering over the waters, and then the Word, Jesus speaks into it, and the power moves upon it, and there's light, as light is spoken, and all creation begins to take place, it's Trinity at work, in the process, and you know, in a way that's hard for us to grasp but there they are, Father, Son, Holy Spirit in this amazing work of creation, so it's taking place from there then, you you press on into chapter 2 and we see Adam and Eve being created, and all that that means, and there's something neat that takes place in in verse uh, 7, again I didn't put in your notes but you can look at Genesis 2, 7, the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now we, we read words sometimes and, that are translated for us and we don't know that words mean other things. And the very same word for breath is the word for spirit. Um, both in the Greek and in, both in the Hebrew and in the Greek. Um, uh, it's the same word. And so we read that as breath, but what's actually happening there is that the spirit that is God breathes spirit into man, and man becomes a living being, created, and now the breath comes and makes them alive, spiritually alive, they're, they're alive, so we need to see that they're filled with the spirit, and, and also the Holy Spirit is still there hovering, and, and so the power is on them as well as they begin to um, be in charge, be regents over the creation that God has given them, partners with us, so we're in this amazing partnership from the very beginning in the process, that's how it was intended to be. Spirit in us, on us for things to take place in the world around us. But what happens? Genesis 3, the fall happens. And, and our ancestors are tempted away and they give in to sin and they sin. And when they sin, when you read that in Genesis 3, the first thing that they notice is that they're naked. They, they notice their nakedness, sometimes try and people sort of f- focus on that and the, the physical aspect, but what you need to see is, why they're able to see that is for the very first time, they're seeing with purely physical eyes, the Holy Spirit as the result of sin has pulled off of them and out of them and, and, and suddenly they're in it all by themselves in a, just a completely natural way and, and there's no spirit any longer in effect they became spiritually dead at that moment it's changed everything and they realize that they're naked and they're, they're embarrassed and they're ashamed not just because they, they realize they're naked but because the Holy Spirit they've lost the divine connection that they've walked in think about it it's, it, was, it was it was horrific just empty, just everything changed at that moment as a result of the fall, so we have that issue taking place in the process uh, of what's going on, so understand that's happened, then throughout Bible history as you read um, in the Old Testament we don't see all that much of the Holy Spirit Um, he's he's around but because of the fall we don't see him much, when we do see him uh, what he's doing is he's coming on people for situations Uh, so you'll see him, he shows up with the leaders a lot of time in Israel, he'll be on the kings or on the priests or on the prophets, and the way that we know the Holy Spirit is on them is they begin to prophesy they begin to speak the words of the Lord, but he's not in them any longer, he's on them only for situations so we see him some, but not like we're supposed to, but then we fast forward a little bit, and let's jump into John chapter 20 this is cool, so this is after Jesus has defeated death and he's risen again And this is that first night, so this is very important right, to Jesus because he's like he can't wait to do what he's about to do, and so in verse 19 it says on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked, and these guys are afraid, they don't know what's going on and they're afraid that they're about to come and and they're going to be captured and killed in the same way with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them I LOVE THAT TOO BECAUSE HE ENTERS INTO THE ROOM WITH LOCKED DOORS, That's a, I THINK WE TALKED ABOUT THAT, DIFFERENT DEAL, AND HE SAYS PEACE BE WITH YOU, AND AFTER HE SAID THIS HE SHOWED HIM HIS HANDS AND SIGHED, AND THE DISCIPLES WERE overjoyed when, uh, OVERJOYED WHEN THEY SAW THE LORD, AND AGAIN JESUS SAID PEACE BE WITH YOU, AS THE FATHER HAS SENT ME, I AM SENDING YOU, NOW LOOK AT WHAT HAPPENS HERE, VERSE 22, AND WITH THAT HE BREATHED ON THEM, AND SAID RECEIVE THE HOLY SPIRIT, DO YOU REMEMBER GENESIS 2? when they breathed on and, the, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit he comes to his disciples and he, he said, "Breathe." and he says receive the Holy Spirit and it's so important that we see what happens here this, this is, uh, you know, Jesus is written from the gra- grave I've said and what Jesus is doing, this is what he did, he's come to restore things that have been lost and, and, you know, we look at that all the time. But this is like one of the most amazing things that you need to see because in the same way that that divine connection was lost at the fall, uh, Jesus has come and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That di- divine connection is reestablished uh, in, in the people of God. So that they're now filled with the Spirit again, which is huge. It's, it's a restoration of that broken relationship that happened at the fall. And now the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. I've told you that, that when you give your lives to Jesus... WHEN YOU ASK JESUS TO BE THE LORD AND SAVIOR OF YOUR LIFE, ONE OF THE THINGS THAT happen IS THAT THE HOLY SPIRIT COMES AND DWELLS IN YOU AT THAT POINT IN TIME. HE'S IN YOU AND HE LEADS AND HE GUIDES AND HE DIRECTS AND HE'S WITH US AND HE'S FOR US AND, and we're, WE'RE RECONNECTED TO GOD IN THIS MOST AMAZING WAY AND WE NEED TO BE AWARE OF THAT. And, YOU KNOW, THE CROSS NOT ONLY ACCOMPLISHED FOR US FORGIVENESS OF SINS AND, and A WAY TO BE RECONCILED TO GOD, IT RESTORED THIS DIVINE CONNECTION to God himself, that that Holy Spirit now comes and dwells in us, it's an amazing thing, and he's, he's with us now, I had a friend say to me this week, that, that when we get that, it's so cool to understand that the Holy Spirit is with us because of our salvation, but that can't be just, that can't be enough, see there's because of that, we need to press in and pursue the depth of this relationship and what it means to us, and how amazing it is, so we need to be aware of the Holy Spirit and who He is and the relationship that we have with Him in our lives. And so because of the cross now, all of you who believe, it's your birth right now, the Holy Spirit has come and He dwells in you. If you're a believer in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. But there's another dimension. Remember I said in the Old Testament, he was, he was in them and He was on them, and the power was on them to do things in the world around us. Well, it works like that today. And so we need to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and what He's doing in our lives. So let me just read you again the last part of Acts 1, beginning in verse 6. Then they gathered around Him and asked Him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And He said to them, it's not for you to no, know the times or dates the Father is set by His one authority. but you will receive power when, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It's different than the in you that we were talking about. It's not the same thing. It's different the Holy Spirit comes in you WHEN YOU GIVE YOUR LIFE TO JESUS, BUT THE HOLY SPIRIT WILL COME ON YOU TO GO AND DO WHAT? TO BE WITNESSES, TO GO OUT AND DO THE THINGS THAT WE'RE CALLED TO, HE EMPOWERS US FOR MISSION, uh, YOU'LL BE MY WITNESSES IN JERUSALEM AND JUDEA AND SAMARIA AND TO THE VERY ENDS OF THE EARTH SO THE HOLY SPIRIT COMES ON US IN POWER now what's this power? It's the most amazing power in the universe. It's resurrection power. It's divine power. It's glorious power. It's, a, it's power beyond what we can even really comprehend. It's a power that changes things and changes lives and changes situations. And the Bible tells us it's a power that manifests itself in different situations in different ways. That, when you sort of get that, you can understand what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 12. We did a study on this not that long ago. Now to each one, the manifest MANIFESTATION OF THE SPIRIT, THE the POWER MANIFESTS uh, in, IN DIFFERENT WAYS, IT'S GIVEN FOR THE COMMON GOOD, THE MANIFESTATION, THE POWER OF THE SPIRIT IS GIVEN FOR THE COMMON GOOD that means God is able to come and to move into situations so that we can be witnesses. We can be the, the people of mission that he's called us to. He wants us to know that we go out in this power. And and just like Jesus, um, see what we do is we, we take God's power and we use it to demonstrate God's love. That's the sort of key behind it all that's why we started talking about love, this whole thing, it's been love God all in, heart, mind, soul and strength, we live Him, and then this agape love, this love that He feeds us, that we go and we love people in that way, because we're people of mission and then the power of God is available to us, and it demonstrates that love, so people are rescued and set free in this battle that we're engaged in, but what we have to sort of learn to do, or practice, or figure out, or begin to understand is that this this power is available to us in situations. Now, what we need to start looking for is what God is doing. And we don't generally do that. We just kind of go through life. And, and, you know, if something pops up, cool. But what I'm challenging you to do is I'm challenging you to say, God, would you just show me what you're doing today and how you want me to be involved in that. And and because Jesus, he says something fascinating in John 5. That, that you might miss uh, but let me set the story up for you John 5 I, I, didn't, I don't think I put it in your notes the whole story I might have put one of the verses in your notes but I don't know John 5 I didn't put it in there so John 5 if you've been here for years at one point I got into John 5 where Jesus asked the guy who was sick at the pool of Bethesda do you want to get well and I literally preached on it for three years I couldn't get off that verse it was such a great question do you want to get well to a guy who had been sick for 38 years, but why have you been sick for 38, and have you thought about the consequences of getting well, and because some people get stuck in something, and they just like to stay stuck, but they'd like things for people to make it better surroundings, like you know, I'm stuck at this pool for 38 years, could you at least bring in some AC, could you do something for me, and, and Jesus says, do you want to get well, and he says yes, and he's healed, and, and it's so powerful, but the, I just set that up, the story, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they get really mad at Jesus because it happens on a Sabbath you think they'd be celebrating the fact that this guy's sick for 38 years, an invalid he said 38 years he's healed, gets up and he walks well, and Jesus, is, this is another thing important when he's, he's, so there's this place, Bethesda, where he's at, where all these sick people are it's where sick people went in order to get well and, and you you might think that Jesus would just go and heal everybody there, but this time the way the Bible records it, he sees this one guy, and he goes out of his way to go and minister to this one guy, and then he, he goes on and prays for this guy what was he doing, well when the Pharisees get to him later complaining about what he's done, Jesus said listen, listen, uh, you've got to know something, this is John five nineteen. if you want to read it, I tell you the truth the son can do nothing by himself have you ever Stopped and consider what I just said to you. The son, Jesus is saying, yeah, I can do nothing by myself. I can only do what I see the Father doing. That's huge. So so what has he done? He's seen what the Father was doing, and he went and did it. He's telling the Pharisees, if you've got a problem, it's not with me. I'm just doing what I see the Father doing. And so uh, how do we sort of see what that looks like? Well, I think what happens is is that he was able to see that that's where God was was moving, was in that situation. Somehow the Holy Spirit was hovering over that situation. And the Son of God goes, and what does he do? He speaks the word into the power, says, get up. Just like we did at creation. And what does the guy do? It's like the same kind of miracle. He gets up after 38 years, and he walks off. See, and it's that very same power that we need to be aware of that's available, that situations are going on that if we can open our eyes, ask God to show us to think more like Jesus and and to be aware that we will see happening in situations where we can speak into them and things change because of this amazing power that the Holy Spirit has hovering and upon us in the process. I was A couple of weeks ago we were in a staff meeting and I was talking to the staff and and, uh, I was telling them about how sometimes I'll be in a situation with somebody, and we're talking about something and and I'll have a sense that there's something more going on and that one of the ways that power will manifest is I will speak into that situation something that's way beyond what I could naturally come up with. And and I'll speak it, and it's like almost immediately life changing. It's it's like, and it it catches me off guard when it happens, you know? Because I just don't have that resonant within me when it happens. And a couple of weeks ago that situation happened. Alice happened to be there. When I said it, there was this dynamic shift in what happened. And she looked at me and she's like, well that wasn't you. (laughs) I've been with you a long time. That's way above what you got. And I didn't even defend it. I went, you are absolutely right that is not hanging around me, that was the power of the Holy Spirit at that moment, in that situation, releasing what was needed into the process, you know, it goes on and talks about this manifestation, the, the, you know, the word things, you know there's a word of knowledge, or a word of wisdom, or a prophetic word, they're life changing and it's connecting with that whole process, and that's available for all of us, that, and, and on mission, He gives us what we need, to go out and to do those things, and so I, I want you to take that in, and think about that over the next week, and how amazing that is, and, and really pray and ask that, that God would just help you to see more like Jesus and to understand what He's doing and to see how all this is at work and how cool it is that the Holy Spirit is not only in us but on us for these things to help us, you know, move into the mission that He's called us to. So, I got two more weeks. Come back next week. I'm talking next week about grace and the hospitality in the kingdom, and we're going to look at the prodigal son. It's, it's going to be good. I'm already, right. so come, you'll, you'll, you'll like it. Come back. Um, for that but I'm going to end it there for today this is lunchtime. and uh, ministry team those of you here why don't you head over the wall people on the way over there are here to pray for you and if you need prayer for anything this morning they'll make sure you get it they'll pray for your healing relationships problems finances situations whatever you got but let me pray for you as a group and then we'll dismiss Papa thank you for your amazing love for us you're such an awesome awesome God thank you for this life, this adventure that you've called us to, that you, you haven't left us alone, but you're with us, and your Holy Spirit, you're in us, and you you empower us to be a part of this amazing adventure this, this cosmic battle that we're in, God, and that you, you equip us with everything that we need to make a difference, and we're, we're thankful to be included in all of it, and I I pray, God, that as we consider all these things, that not only would we be changed, God, but It would impact the world around us for you. That you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray again this morning for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. We ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer this morning, this afternoon now for anything, the folks over there will pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever you got. They'll pray for you. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that this morning too. It's, it's a matter of humility and faith. In humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken like everybody else here in the room. You've sinned, asking God to forgive you what you'll do. And then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed a simple prayer like that, do it now. It is absolutely the best decision you will ever make. And if you need help, just go over and ask somebody. Just say, hey, I want to know Jesus. And they'll help you with that prayer so if you need prayer for that or for anything I would encourage you to go and get it if you're going to stay and have lunch with us today Lord thank you for the food you provided bless that, everybody that makes it possible you are such an awesome awesome God praise God from whom amen may the lord bless and keep you may his face shine upon you may he be gracious to you and give you peace and go today in the peace the power, and the love of God, God bless you all, thank you for being here, remember be thankful for five things, encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad, prayer is there, lunch will be in the back, it's a good lunch, you want to get that, if you're leaving drive safely, be kind out in the parking lot to one another, have a great day, catch some fish, hope your team wins, see you later, bye Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.